0: What is going on with the Southern Baptist Convention? Why, why are we experiencing or seeing so much confusion in that denomination? What is going on in the churches? What's going on with the pastors? You've got Russell Moore, Beth Moore, J.D. Greer, Matt Chandler, all these leaders. You you would think that this denomination would be able to fend off attacks from the enemy. What's going on? Well, welcome to the Reformed Rant. Today is July 17th. This is episode 34, and we are going to talk about the one thing in the Southern Baptist Convention that is created, that has created, the collapse of this denomination. So hang on, buckle your seatbelts, we're going to help you understand why the chaos of the SBC is what it is today.: If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Bye, bye, baby, bye, bye. That was all she- Francis Schaeffer once said, Christianity is not a series of truths in the plural, but rather truth spelled with a capital T. Total truth. Truth about total reality, not just about religious things. Biblical Christianity, Schaeffer says, is truth concerning total reality. And the intellectual holding of that total truth and then living in the light of that truth. Truth has to be for the church, the unifying principle that holds us together. And I am sad to say that if one looks at the Southern Baptist Convention and her prominent leaders, that that is simply not the state of things today. So let's spend a little bit of time talking about that. And I'm going to come back to this concept of truth, which we, we can no longer afford to take for granted. Those of you who are in apologetics, in evangelism, uh, in polemics, in ministry, Need to understand that we cannot take anything for granted any longer, nothing, that <clears throat> the ground that we thought was was debated, fought over, and won, and great confessions established as a result of those battles, that ground that we thought was secure is not secure. We, each generation, and especially our generation, has to fight and debate and engage in the battle in order to hang on to the ground that has been won. Otherwise, we will surely lose it. So let's talk about my observations of the SBC and what I think is going on in, in this Denomination um, in modern times, and what we should do about it, how we should think about it, and how should how we should respond and and react to it. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. To you it. want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right. So here is my thesis for this for this rant: the unifying principle in the SBC. Is money. Now, if the unifying principle is money, then the unifying principle is not truth. If the unifying principle is money rather than truth, okay, it follows that when the truth threatens the money, truth will be displaced for whatever preserves. The unifying principle, which is money, you see. And that would be true for any other unifying principle outside of truth or other than truth. If money is at the top of the list, if that's the principle that unifies, and we're willing to compromise truth in order to maintain the income, then our behaviors our actions our policies our sermons our lectures our focus our conferences our emphasis will be will 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 reveal that and as we look across what's going on in the SBC i think it's pretty easy to see so let's run through this is my thesis let's run through some proofs some reasons for my conclusion that the unifying principle in the SBC is not money or is not truth, but rather it is money. All right. If the, F, if, if the SBC's unifying principle were truth instead of money, Beth Moore would not hold the status she holds. She wouldn't sell the books that she sells she would have been marginalized and stigmatized isolated and cut off a long time of a long time ago she wouldn't have the platform that she has okay that's obvious to me should be obvious to anyone who's concerned with with truth and obvious to anyone who cares about sanity if the F, if the sbc's unifying principle were truth It would not have celebrated Martin Luther King Jr. as a pious, godly, or good man, given his propensity for sexual promiscuity, his abuse of strong drink, and his outright heretical views. These are not secrets. This is common knowledge. This is public information. The Holy Spirit never changed Martin Luther King so far as we can tell. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Recently, a sinister minister over the youth at Bethel Church claimed that Jesus apologized to him. Now, I say that because the Holy Spirit never changed Martin Luther King Jr. so far as we can tell. Does that mean God should apologize? God didn't write Martin Luther King Jr.'s wrong conduct and his wrong beliefs, even though he could have, should God apologize. Well, if you follow this idiotic youth pastor at Bethel Church, God apologizes. Jesus apologized to him for all the mean things that, pastors in his past or leaders or Christians in his past had said to him Jesus apologized so should God apologize to Martin Luther King Jr for not changing him I mean it is the age of extending apologies I guess God should apologize too I say that to I say that to demonstrate the utter stupidity that is going on in our churches today And it's going to continue to get worse and worse and worse until our local pastors start doing something about it at the grassroots level. If the SBC's unifying principle were truth, Russell Moore would have been fired a long time ago. Moore's Marxist agenda and progressive liberal views are completely out of the closet now for everyone to see. And there are very few men in the SBC who are opposing him in the way that truth would demand. Why? Russell Moore is an absolute wizard at maintaining the income sources, the cooperative program. He knows what needs to happen to the lake that is the cooperative program he knows the streams that need to keep coming in he can see the streams that are going to be cut off and he can see where the new streams are to feed the lake and he's going after those streams and he is a wizard at this he is talented at that and I think many leaders in the SBC understand that. They also understand the consequences of what happens if if somebody isn't replacing the income that's going away. We'll get in more, into, into more detail on these ideas in a couple of minutes. If, if the SBC's unifying principle were truth, okay, It would have nothing to do with homosexual men like Sam Albury or anyone else who argues that same-sex attraction is not inherently sinful and unnatural. Not only that, anyone who would come along or who comes along and even suggests that we explore the Bible's sexual ethic, would be identified as a person who's simply using this as a ruse to import homosexual perversions and thinking into the churches. Okay. When a wolf enters enters the flock, the shepherd kills the wolf. He doesn't pat the wolf on the head. He doesn't just scold the wolf and say, bad doggy." Bad doggy, you ripped up some sheep. Bad doggy, don't do that again. Okay, be a good doggy. He doesn't do that, he drives a stake through the wolf's heart. He puts a bullet in the wolf's head. Let's summarize the focus of the SBC over the last couple of years. They celebrated Martin Luther King Jr. as a Christian man who accomplished a lot of good for the advancement of the kingdom of God. They did it because they need more black Americans joining the SBC. Because the SBC is what? Shrinking. And with a drop in membership comes a corresponding drop in dollars, donations. That hurts the cooperative program. And the cooperative program is all about money. They need the money. Now they're gonna tell you they need the money in order to continue to send out missionaries out into the world. And what I would like to see is more scrutiny placed around the quality of missionary that the SBC is sending around the globe. And I'd like to see the work that these missionaries are doing to see what it is because i've met some missionaries in my day and i can i can tell you i've asked questions of some missionaries going into some mission fields about how prepared they are to engage people in that culture with those beliefs with the gospel and in in most cases i've left those conversations puzzled at the lack of preparation that I see going on for many of these missionaries. Now, not only this, if you look at the missionaries that the SBC is sending out into the world, a few years ago, David Platt actually changed the policy for who would qualify for support as a missionary by opening up support for missionaries who claim to speak in, t- in biblical tongues, in biblical languages that we see in Acts chapter two and 1 Corinthians 14 and 1 Corinthians 12 and, 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 and Acts chapter eight and so on and so forth, claiming that it's the same thing. This is essentially, for all intents and purposes, out of ignorance, these people are mocking the Holy Spirit, many of them not so ignorant. The bottom line should be that we that those folks should not be receiving any money from any of our churches because they're not qualified to be a missionary. They're uh, wallowing in gross ignorance and embarrassing the true message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the tradition that was handed down to us from the apostles. The SBC has continued to apologize to black Americans for slavery and for past racism and has toyed with the olive branch of appearing to be for reparations, right? This is all for the same reasons. There are many black Americans who want to use past injustices of others for their own selfish gain. And the trade-off is, we'll join the SBC if the SBC joins us in our fight. What is our fight? Well. That goes all the way to Washington. That goes all the way to pagan, godless politics and policies. What's the trade-off here? Well, the trade-off is we'll fill your churches with more people, which will increase your income source, your income flow, and in return, you're going to vote our way. You're going to vote out conservative Republicans and you're going to vote in liberal, progressive, Marxist, socialist, Democrats, right? Because we have an entitlement mentality. We believe that Marxist was mostly right. That's the trade-off, and that's what you're seeing going on in the SBC. And it's not for truth. It's for money. It's, where's our next income source coming from? These leaders in the SBC have become disturbingly loose regarding their views on female pastors. That's the next area. The king and queen of the SBC, Russell and Beth Moore, have been playing public kissy face now on this subject for at least two years and then some. J.D. Greer, Matt Chandler, and many others have played along and are dancing the dance right along with uh, Beth Moore and Russell Moore. You see, modern values demand that women be afforded the same role and function, or women be afforded the same role and function as men. To believe or to practice contrary to this idea, is public blasphemy. Okay, it will get you subjected to severe isolation. You will be stigmatized. Metaphorically, you will be pilloried. They will put you in the pillory. You know the pill. This is the stock, right? The the they stick your head and hands in this wooden contraption that looks like a guillotine, but it's not. It's just. It's only the wooden contraption. And there you will stay until you are a good boy or girl and you get in line and you accept the modern values of American culture. See, if the SBC wants to continue to be appealing to the pagan culture to attract people to the church, it has an image problem, see, because it isn't the church that has changed. American culture is changing so that the new image now that's being placed around the neck of the church, around the neck of the Bible, around the neck of God, of Jesus Christ, is a very bleak, right? It's a very bleak picture. The values of American culture are shifting such that Christian values are becoming immoral, unethical, outright blasphemous. Okay. The the hashtag MeToo movement demands that the church change its views or suffer the consequences. Women must be treated exactly the same as men in terms of uh, opportunities for pastorate, so on and so forth. If you do not get in line, your church will become less and less attractive. And eventually, you, you, you will die because the members won't be there, and if the members are not there, the money isn't there. It doesn't matter if those values are true or not. All that matters is that the income source is going to drop. So we have to change the way we appear to the culture. So the SBC apologizes to all women everywhere who has been abused and now flirts with the idea of female leadership. And this is gaining traction. The evangelical hashtag MeToo movement when it popped up a couple of years ago, I said at the time, was not about abused women. That's really not what it was about. It was and is a tool that is being used to manipulate the church into bringing women into the ministry, into the pastorate. As the values of the culture change, so changes the values of the church. Because we continue to fill our churches with pagans who are far more pagan than they are Christian. The SBC has also experienced significant shifts in its views on homosexuality. The way this works is that American culture, American culture changes definitions, introduces what is claimed to be new concepts, tries to make a distinction in those con- concepts so as to smuggle in its values. Now, American culture does does this, has has pushed the homosexual agenda mostly initially through uh, sitcoms, through television, through music, right? They continue to push, 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 put this in front of you every single day so that homosexual behavior is normalized. Get you to see homosexuals as those who are just like you. The only difference is, They have sex with people of the same sex. And that's not bad, you see, right? I mean, when you think about, think about this for a second. When you think about what a pedophile does to a child, it's disgusting. But if you meet a pedophile and you don't know this person is a pedophile, they're going to act like a normal person most of the time. You're going to think, I mean, how many pedophiles are out there who are charitable, who are leaders, who seem to have high moral values, who seem to be just like you? The only thing that's different about them is they like to have sex with little kids, which makes them a monster. That behavior in and of itself makes them a monster. Okay? Homosexuality is very much the same way. What homosexuals do behind closed doors, when you think about it, if you're a guy and you think about what it would be like to have sex with another guy, it is repulsive on every level. It, it is revolting to you. Well, the culture has worked hard to get it to not be revolting to you. That's, and secretly most men still find it revolting. This effort is in now in the churches because the perception of the world who has now accepted this idea, this normalization of homosexuality, now the church is viewed through a different lens and if you happen to be a person who rejects the homosexual lifestyle you are stigmatized you are isolated you are marginalized you are mocked you are vilified you are ridiculed this makes the church very unattractive to modern culture because it's old antiquated outdated it has these old views on uh, women these old views on homosexuality and and these—it's a capitalist, greedy, materialistic entity that's for the conservative platform, and therefore it's—you know—all of the, when you look at those three areas, the church ends up having an image problem, and an image problem translates into reduced income streams for the church, and someone has to fix that. Someone has to make sure that doesn't happen. Because our empires go away if that happens. Now the first step is to get people to stop thinking that homosexual desire is unnatural and to get people not to think about what men and women are doing to each other behind the scenes. This also comes into the church because the church has been told now to apologize, or we have apologized, even to homosexuals, because we've been insensitive to their plight. They don't think they have a plight. Do you get that? This is a ruse. The homosexual doesn't think they have a struggle or a plight. Their plight, if they have one, is the fact that you won't accept them as they are. And that's what they want, they don't want to be fixed. Open your eyes. What is your brain falling out? I mean, this whole idea of the church trying to take a kit gloves a- approach to the homosexual lifestyle and to feel bad about how we've supposedly treated homosexuals over the over the last few years, and even in good churches, we hear, we hear people saying the church dropped a ball where homosexuality is concerned. Rubbish. Look around you. Do you think? for one second, that the homosexual movement is filled with people who want to be fixed. And, and the reason they're not being fixed is, is because the church has been mean to them. The church has taken an unloving approach. The church has stigmatized them. The church has isolated them. The church has made them feel bad, unloved, or unlovable. If you think that way, you are a moron. You are absolutely as gullible as the day is long. Homosexuals don't want to be fixed. Open your eyes. Weak-minded people, here's the problem, are leaving the SBC because of these issues. These are false converts. They're leaving the SBC because of the perception of racism, because of the perception of the political associations with conservative, Republican, GOP, materialistic greed, blah, 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 go on and on and on, and the younger generations are far more socialist in their thinking, far more Marxist in their thinking, and that feels bad, so I can't be associated with that entity. They're leaving the SBC because of its views on, on female submission and male leadership. They're leaving, leaving the SBC because, well, the homophobe perception. This is an image problem. And they're leaving and taking their, their money with them. The prospects for future growth in the SBC, given its image that it looks has looked like for years, uh, a, an entity that embraces biblical teachings in these areas. Well, the world has continued to become, American culture, especially lately, has continued be, to, continue to, to grow in its hostility toward biblical values. So we have an image problem. That's what's going on in the SBC, and because the unifying principle is money for the cooperative program and not truth, we find ourselves in this quagmire of compromise, okay? So the SBC is compromising with the Marxist ideology popularized in the black community by Martin Luther King Jr. in order to be more appealing to that community and to the younger generation that is also socialist, in a scene. why money, money? I have not seen a single one of these leaders who 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 is out there running their mouth about the racism in the SBC and the lack of uh, of 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 uh, well, let's let's say it this way: the racism in the SBC, the conservative leanings in the SBC, the capitalist ideas that are associated with being a conservative in the SBC and property rights and so forth. I haven't seen one of those people stand up and be willing to open things up for debate. Not one. Those people who are sympathetic with or who are advocating for Marxist ideologies, socialist ideologies, ideologies that are more communistic and anti-capitalist in nature, cutting against the the founding founding documents of american culture. I haven't seen one of these people uh, stand up and say let's debate this issue. In fact, they all run. They the the typical response to criticism around these views. The typical response is is, is to call you names. It's to call you a racist, to call you a bigot, to call you unloving. That's the typical response. No one no one will stand up and debate No one. And you would think over the last three or four years this has been going on, we would have some debates now that we could look at. Not one. Not a single debate. The SBC is compromising on the issue of female leadership and ministry for the very same reasons. Feminism is running wild in the SBC churches, more in its practical form than in its theoretical form, although the latter is gaining ground. What do I mean by that? I mean the women run the show. And I mean, a lot of you men allow the women to run the show. You allow it. Your wife is in charge, and you let her be in charge. You and you, you, you live under the idea that you, uh, you are equally leading. Your family. There, well, that idea is not biblical. There's no such thing in Scripture as the man and wife equally submitting to one another and equally taking leadership over their family. That is rubbish. That is modern American values through and through. It is not biblical values in any way, shape, or form. It does not reflect the teachings of the Scripture, even close so practical feminism has been running the SBC for a very long time, it's the reason Beth Moore gained the popularity that she gained, the women you see, the women I question whether or not we should have women teaching classes, even to women in our churches I'm of the opinion at this point as you look back and see The results of these female classes going on and where we are today, I think it's a big part of the problem. I think the women in the church should be taught by the men. Wives should be taught by their husbands. And if there are classes going on in the churches, then those classes, and I'm talking about adults here, those classes should be taught by men in order to preserve the integrity of the biblical teaching in this area regarding the roles of men and women in the home and in the churches. What we have in front of us is disastrous. Right. All right. And then, of course, the the final area is the homosexuality area. The SBC is softening and softening and softening its view on homosexuality because they don't want to be, they, the, the image of being a bigot in this area is more than most weak minded SBC leaders and members can bear. And so they're backing up on this as well, not just for the sake of being stigmatized and isolated by the culture, but again for the money. Now, the members in the SBC. It has nothing to do with the money for them for the most part. It has to do for them. It has to do with affirmation. See, there's this, there's this human need for affirmation. We want to be affirmed by as many people as possible. We, will, we need affirmation. The homosexual demands affirmation everybody demands affirmation and christians want to want affirmation as well the problem is when when you want affirmation from the culture from those around you in a pagan god-hating culture now you got a problem see because god-hating people don't want to affirm god-loving people god-fearing people you see they don't want to affirm them but they want to be affirmed by them. So this is the dilemma. People leave the churches because they are not being affirmed for who they are. The, the life of the Christian is a life of godliness, holiness, sanctification. It is a life of repentance. You realize that regardless of any good that you might do in this world, it will never be good enough to affirm you in and of yourself, you, apart from Christ, in the eyes of God. You understand that. And if you're not a true Christian, that just doesn't work for you. So you have to have affirmation. That's why these liberal churches, uh, they, they have uh, continued to shrink in size, but those who are, who are in them continue to find ways to to affirm themselves and feel affirmed and convince themselves that they are affirmed by God for their good works. What do you think works-based salvation is all about? It's about me being affirmed for who I am without any external help from Christ or the Holy Spirit. The church folks, is to rally around the truth. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. We must rally around the truth. Jesus prayed in the high priestly prayer in John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Now you think about the compromises that are going on with the truth, all for money. All for money. All for the cooperative program. Jesus said in John 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Yet we want to be enslaved to the values of the culture. We want to be enslaved to the affirmation of the pagans. That's what we want. We want them to look at us with respect. We want the pagan, God-hating culture to look at the SBC and to think, what a fine institution that is. They hate God. How in the world can a pagan culture that hates God look at an entity that is supposed to image God in the world and think good things about it. Do you understand the violent contradiction that that represents? John said, if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Christians are called to embrace the truth, to submit to the truth, to surrender to the truth, to practice the truth. John 1, uh, 1 John 2, 4 says, The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandment is a liar and the truth is not in him. And then finally, in John 1837, at the, the pinnacle of the trial of Jesus, Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Question mark. And Jesus answered, You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. That's why Jesus came, to testify to the truth. It must be the unifying principle of the church, of every believer. And then Jesus says, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. You see, God created humanity to glorify himself to image God to creation and back to himself to be like him. Humanity has rebelled against God and deserves nothing but wrath and condemnation and eternal judgment from God. God in his mercy And kindness in his gracious disposition sent Christ to rescue and redeem men from every tribe and nation out of humanity. Faith in the work of Christ, in his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Faith in that work of Christ rescues you from the bondage of sin rescues you from eternal condemnation and death removes the wrath of God from you gives you life eternal brings peace with God whereas if you have not accepted Jesus Christ and you are not walking in the truth you are at War with God. Jesus said, repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. Everyone who believes on the name of Jesus Christ has eternal life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. It's been uh, another interesting conversation i hope that i said something that uh, benefits you i hope that i said something that uh, causes you to think that provokes you to think uh yeah i'm a little straightforward i want to say one again one more thing if you if you listen to the podcast and uh i know some people may say well you know why do you play the music that you play um although i haven't had anybody raise that issue um if you listen to the clips that I stick into the podcast, I'm very selective 99% of the time. You may listen to a podcast somewhere along the way where I was not quite as deliberate uh, when I stuck something in. But for the most part, I am very selective about the music that I stick in. Right, And, and what I stick in in, in this one, uh, that's all she wrote. Well... The idea is that with the SBC, because the SBC's unifying principle is money and not truth, you see the compromise, the compromise, the compromise, the compromise, and many people feel like that's it, that's all she wrote. The SBC is pretty much done. Uh, And and I'm not pronouncing the SBC's doom, but... I will say that I've I've always, as long as I've been a Christian, looked at the SBC, and I am a member in an SBC church, and recognized the serious flaws and problems uh, in in how the SBC is structured, uh, in how it operates, um, and I've hoped for years that <clears throat> there would be some sort of change, and I continue to hope for that. But at this point, uh, the SBC, uh, the face of the SBC, as you if you look at it just as an entity and you don't get inside and start peeling the onion, uh, it has become for all intents and purposes an ineffective witness of the true gospel of Jesus Christ because of the uh, amount of compromise that we see going on in its organization, the leaders uh, that you see in there today are um, extremely disturbing. They are not leading biblically. Uh, one compromise after another, wrong focus, wrong-headed approaches, uh, wrong emphasis, uh, terrible arguments, and uh, it just seems that the uh, the the focus, the the goals because they are driven by the unifying principle of money, uh, forces them to into bad thinking and really, really bad arguments. So pray for the SBC. Pray for God to raise up leaders in the SBC who will right these wrongs. And some of these men who are in place and who could influence the SBC and... Uh, uh, at least uh, provide some encouragement to people who are concerned. Pray for them that uh, that their voice, that they would raise their voice because there's a lot of silent guys who need to be more vocal. And uh, so pray for them that they would stand up and do the right thing. Thank you for listening. Keep the faith, stay in the fight. Keep, keep, uh, can keep, marching on, uh, continue to uh, articulate the gospel, to communicate the gospel, to proclaim the gospel, to stand up for what is true, what is right, what is just, what is holy, and do not be uh, influenced in any way, shape, or form by pagan ideologies that are threatening the truth of Christianity and the truth of Scripture. God bless. This podcast is part of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. Biblical Christianity's marketplace of ideas. BibleThumpingWingnut.com You can run on for a long time Run on for a long time Run on for a long time, a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down